2: Oh, hello to the IGN UK podcast. That's my voice gone already, isn't it?
3: <laughs> good lord, you um, sound so rough, Cardi.
2: <laughs> look, I had, look, I had, for the first time in almost two years, a long night. And I forgot we had to record a podcast. And I, I had to do a video this morning, so this has been good. Um, this is my voice. Uh, I can confirm this is still me, Simon Cardi, despite sounding like death. Matt, how are you? I'm alright, thank you, Mort. <laughs> Emma, how are you? I'm alright, thank you. Good. I'm I'm glad everyone else is okay. I just I tried to remedy the situation with a muller corner. Um it's helped a little. It's perked me up. Uh had the milk chocolate digestive one, just in case you're interested. It's got oh.
3: that's that's just got a very, very bland vanilla yogurt with it though, hasn't it? Has,
2: it has, yeah. And it's I much prefer the um vanilla and chocolate balls one. Mm. That's a the bit more interesting. Banana
3: chocolate cornflakes on one. one. Yeah. That's the... I'm
2: just not a, big, not a big banana boy. Can't um, be beaten.
3: Toffee hoops. They're good. I say I'm not uh, a toffee hoops boy. I don't really like uh, caramel-flavoured yogurts and toffee-flavoured yogurts. Uh, that's
2: that's criminal, if you ask me. Um, okay, Please uh, write in to IGN underscore UK feedback at com and tell us what you think the best Muller Corner flavour is. Maybe it's been discontinued because some have been over the years. They still do the Kiwi one. Sorry, what? Kiwi? There was a Kiwi one, wasn't there, briefly? And the, there was definitely a Key Lime Pie one at some point. Uh, they're in rotation. I don't know. Should we talk about Deathloop? Because uh, <laughs> that's probably the biggest game that will come out in a little while. Probably, what, until... Call of Duty at this point?
3: Call Where of Duty forts,
2: uh on the same day, I think. Yeah. But it's the biggest game we've had, it feels like, for several months as well. And it's a game, Matt, that you reviewed for iGen.com and gave it a 10 out of 10. Mm. Yeah, I feel like it's... T- you know, people might be sick of hearing about this game already. But let's do a very quick refresher, very simply. Because I think a lot of people have in their head this game to be a lot more complicated than it actually is once you start playing it. It's quite simple. Well, not simple, but, you know, it's not too complicated. No. What is
3: the premise of Deathloop, Matt? So the premise of Deathloop is you play a man called Colt who is stuck in a time loop. An entire island called Black Reef is stuck in an ever-repeating day, and he has no idea how long he's been stuck in this. The only thing he does know is that he wants to get the mother effer off the island. is a very sweary man, amusingly so. Excellent voice work in this game from the guy that plays Colt. He is pursued across this island by a woman called Juliana, also very, very well voiced. Um, mm-hmm. and these two characters are kind of stuck in this kind of endless battle um with one person desperate to keep the time loop in in like tact, and and you know, you as cult desperate to break it. Um it is not as that might initially sound—a game about playing against the clock. The time loop is not uh, as in the Outer Wilds is. It's not a like twenty-minute kind of rotating thing where you get to the mm-hmm. end of the twenty minutes and then you have to go back to the start. The way Death Loop is formed is that the day is split into four segments: morning, noon, afternoon, and evening. And as basically... is our day. It's just well, like yes. our world. I know. <laughs> But where our world has literally a ticking clock that goes around that dictates when you have to go from morning Mm -hmm. to noon, uh, Deathloop doesn't. If you you start a loop and then you're in the morning and then you stay there until you're ready, until you've got all the things that you want to get out of that morning. And then you say, right, I'm ready to progress on to noon. And then once you've done that all the way through the day, the day resets. Um, the important thing is, is that there are four districts on the island, which imagine those as four different levels and you can only go to one of them per time of day. Now, this is a problem because as you find out very, very early in the game, the only way to break the time loop is to kill the eight visionaries who are kind of like the leaders of this island, but they are so spread out across the time periods and the times of day that there is no way to find and kill all eight of them before sunsets. and it all starts again and they'll all be brought back to life because obviously every time you die you just get brought back in the morning so the whole idea of the game is to conduct an investigation into how the hell do you move these uh convince these characters to move around the island so that they're in like multiple people in the same place at the same time so yeah. you can get into that area and kill let's say three of them in one. Um and that's essentially what Deathloop's about. That does sound like it's much more of a kind of exactly. investigative kind of game. And it is mm-hmm. by genre, but in terms of like the like the the fantasy it's fulfilling is this man that's doggedly searching for clues across his island. Um, if it sounds like all too overwhelming, don't worry, it's actually sort of a linear campaign game. There is a set of storylines for each one of those characters you're looking for and you just follow them as storylines i think the easiest way is if you've played mass effect 2 and you know that kind of like after the start of mass effect 2 you just get given the entire galaxy and it's like the idea of mass effect 2 is to go out and recruit a set of characters to help you with the final mission and you can go after each of those characters in any order you want but ultimately when you start looking for those characters it's a linear path to get them that's basically how deathloop works yeah. you have i mean yeah when i started playing i was kind of i was in
2: that boat of i hope this isn't too open ended and non directed in mm-hmm. a way like that's what kind of put me off the wild wilds center is i i do like a certain amount of direction i don't like being thrown into a place and go and work it out Whereas Deathloop is the opposite of that. Like you said, you're given clear objectives, you track them so you'll get markers on that. you're not like aimlessly searching around and wasting time. It basically gets you straight into the action. I haven't even gone to the action yet, which is some of the best gunplay and powers I've mm-hmm. ever played in a game. Yeah,
3: I know. So, Cardi, you finished it, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Emma, how far are you into it?
0: I think I'm like just over halfway so mm-hmm. far. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, I like really appreciate that it is like when you think about it, and when you explain it, it sounds really complicated as a game but when you actually play it, I really appreciate the fact that like yeah you're not it's not really you're not gonna get stuck on this game, like you know you're you're searching for stuff, you're searching for information, you're trying to get everyone into the same spot, but like it's it's not as complicated as it sounds like mm-hmm. genuinely and i I really like that because as you're sort of searching around and researching stuff and finding little like tidbits of the story. I like that you feel really smart when you've like worked something out or you found something. Like mm-hmm. It's a really intelligent game in that way, and I'm really enjoying that so far because I'm still sort of finding bits of the story out and trying to piece things together.
3: Yeah, I think the thing that it, that's really nice that it does is whilst there's always an objective to tell you where to go next, so you're never a case of... In an investigation game, it's very easy for games to put you like, well, you've got the two pieces of information, but you don't realise they fit together yet, whereas Loop's always like it helps you track what things you found and what they're useful for. Um, so the the game is always plotting out. It's like, now you've got this and you've got to go and get this. And when you pick that up, it will go, look, these two pieces fit together and tell you what to do next.
0: Exactly.
1: But yeah.
3: I think it always, allows, it always does that and presents it in a way that makes you feel like you did the legwork, even though the objectives have helped you out to get where it is. So you never feel like it's... It's never like a Call of Duty game where not I'm not you know, obviously I like Call of Duty and I'm not saying that those games are boneheaded. But in Call of Duty, it's just a linear going through the motions with mm-hmm. the rest of the like where the campaign story is going, right? Deathloop's presentation helps make it feel like you genuinely are an investigator that's searching things out. It's just that there's enough of a helping hand there to make sure it's not a frustrating experience to do that, which I think it's very good at. It's also very good at Making sure that the frustrations of being in a time loop where you have to lose everything because when the day resets, everything goes back to the start, right? Mm-hmm. And that means that you, as a character, anything that you picked up, as in physical items, you lose at the end of the day because you have to wake up in a rejuvenated state at the start. It means that because so much of the story is based around knowledge. It means Colt remembers from day to day where things are and what he's learned. So the story is always continuing, regardless of whether you've had to go back to the start of the day or not, which means that you're very rarely doing the same thing twice because Colt now knows what to do on the next day. And you're not going to go and do the same thing you did yesterday because there's no point because the next part of the story is in a different part of the island at a different time of day, which is now unlocked because of something you learned on the previous loop that you did. So it's got this very kind of elegant system that fits it all together. Mm-hmm.
2: And you're talking about you lose everything, whereas this actually kind of has a unique system for... So it's not really a roguelite. It has some ro- like very faint roguelite elements in the back that you start again and lose everything. Mm-hmm. But you don't lose everything because they have the infusion system, which encourages you to explore because you need to pick up this element called residuum, which that allows you to basically any item you found on your loop that you're particularly attached to, like a gun, if you use this currency on that gun, you have that now for the rest of the game, you keep it. And yeah. that's a really nice touch because it would be frustrating. That's kind of where my frustrations of Returnal came in a lot, is you didn't keep anything, and it was kind of potluck whether you'd find the gun on that run that you needed. Whereas mm-hmm. this time, you find the gun you want and you love. And I basically use the same two, three guns for the whole game. Um, but... I just, I really enjoy that system. It's just a very kind game, and I feel like it will sound daunting to a lot of people. And when I kept seeing previews, kept reading about it, I was like, I-, I hope this isn't overwhelming on both just a concept level and a difficulty level. But it's far from it. It's not a difficult difficult game at all. But like Arcane don't really make difficult games like Dishonored. You can just kind of, you know, you can, it's, they're not hard games. No, they're hard but... games to be very good at, say, to make stylish.
1: Mm-hmm. But I they're think... not.
3: Yeah. Exactly what you're saying is that arcane games are they're built on multiple levels so there's always there's the top tier level where you understand the like the way that the systems work and the guns work and how they work in conjunction with the superpowers that you've got and with the level design all of that is like not difficult to but takes time and investment and understanding of how the game works you can play this as a very very standard first person shooter if you want yes the the background's systems that tick together to mean how you progress through the day are quite unique um but it's a first person shoot where you pull down l2 and you aim down your sights and then you pull r2 to shoot things in the head and the heads explode and blood splatters all over the wall like there's a lot of that going on so i thought like if i wanted to kind of put this to you guys as sort of like what because the combat is so good like it's important to point out how good that combat feeling i want to know kind of what guns you guys have found that you've become really attached to because like I got, if you've watched my video review, you'll have noticed um, that Cardi. I think you did an astounding job of editing, so thank you very much. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> there's uh, there's a lot of footage of the Heritage Gun in there, which is a, a gun which I won't explain to you how you use it, how you get it, should I say, because that's a spoiler. But it's a gun that, in its standard form, is a lever action rifle, like something from um, Red Dead Redemption but you can push a button on the side of it that turns it into a shotgun. So like, it becomes this incredible kind of two-way weapon for use at combat ranges as you, you bring kind of your enemies together. But I think that's incredible. But I want to know kind of like which ones you've picked up. Because it's not a game that just has a boring mm-hmm. assault rifle. Like, they're all weird and cool guns. So, Emma, you go first. What have you
2: been rolling with and what powers as well? Because there's five, five distinct playing as cult we'll get on to juliana in a bit as well actually but it's um cover. <laughs> yeah what how, how are you going
3: as cult
0: so in terms of weapons oh, i love the pistol the pistol is so strong which like,
3: one the the tribunal or the four tribunal. pounder the tribunal yeah, the
0: tribunal mm. i love that one i've got it silenced as well so mm-hmm. i always try and play a game stealth if i can and then Ultimately, I'm going to mess it up and alert everyone in the area, right? And I still do that in this game, but I'm trying to play it as stealthy as possible. But I'm using that weapon, and I really love it in a game where if you get a headshot, that's it. Like mm-hmm. it will actually kill, and it's just going to be a bullet sponge. That weapon is so accurate. It's just so satisfying to just go around. I'm using like, the same weapon. I'll an get on to
2: why. Why that's a potential problem in a bit, but I I basically
3: oh. use that weapon the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but, but the interesting yeah. thing here is is that the weapons are so the tribunal doesn't initially come silenced, right? It is a gun that you mm-hmm. find quite early on, and there are different uh, rarities of weapons through the game. So, your standard ones, which are considered crude, are they do the Far Cry Two thing of like they jam up on you, which means mm-hmm. that the on PS Five like the triggers jam and you have to reload it, and they're kind of rusty. Then you get um Sleek weapons, which are those weapons, but better you know more reliable, they won't jam, and you can put two trinkets on them, which are essentially modifications that might make it more accurate, or you don't have to go through the reload animation to reload it, but then you get the exemplar versions of the guns, which have perks on them, but those seem to be sometimes you can find weapon exemplar weapons that you know have that perk on, and they're in the world, and every time you go back to the location you'll find it but sometimes enemies drop them with random perks on it well i know like emma like if you're only at the halfway point of the game you must have found uh, a silence tribunal quite early right
0: yeah it was it was pretty pretty lucky but
3: yeah i didn't find it until after the game had finished like i played the entire game without a silence gun Wow. 'Cause I couldn't file. Okay, <laughs> that's yeah, unlucky, but well, I would say. It's not the unlucky, I it just changed it. it changed the way I played yeah. the game. And I think that's exactly. the beauty of it is that what the guns mm-hmm. give you encourage you to think about your playstyle. And yeah. there's a whole kind of like almost deck building element to its modification system yeah. as well that we can get to later. Well, it, it did make me think the way I played because I was Run, in
2: the run-up to this game for a good few months, I was like, I'm going to play this game just going berserk, like running around with a shotgun, blowing people up. Like, that's how I'm going to play this game. Then I loaded up the game and I actually got the Deluxe Edition, <laughs> which comes with a Golden Tribunal pistol. I don't know if that's the same one you have, Emma, or not. Or if, did you just find your pistol organically in the world?
0: I found yeah, I think I found the silence one, but I do have that one as well now. Oh okay. And so I've been using, using that
2: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It's it's a golden silence pistol, which I'm not gonna lie, probably made the game far easier for me. Like I it's that thing of I think we'll get onto a question later. There's a feedback question that kinda goes into this a little bit. Like I didn't feel like it was cheating because it's a weapon, it's in the game, they gave it to me, and it was so powerful and so good. It was kind of like, at times I was like, should I not be using this? Is it making it easy? But at the same time, I'm like, well, why wouldn't I use it? I've got it. Um, <laughs> but basically, yeah, it's just a silenced pistol. that's a one-shot headshot every time. And I was combining that with Efa, which is the invisibility slab. And basically just, and I had the modification that's far too overpowered, which is it doesn't use any of your power meter when you're standing still. Mm-hmm. So I was basically just a su- like a silent, standing still, invisible. You were a murderous like, silent pistol sniper. Basically. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But then on the other hand, when things did like occasionally, you know, you do get noticed. Like you won't you won't know someone's behind you, and you, they alert all the enemies. And I did have my tus- my trusty, um, is it Voltac shotgun? Voltac. The Trencher.
3: So I the... didn't use the, the, I think it's called the Voltak Trencher, isn't it? I mm-hmm. didn't use that a lot through the game and I picked a really good one up the other day, which I think is the one you've got card you wear. So it's a pump action shotgun, but for each time you pump the the slider at the front, it loads two shells in so you can fire yeah. it twice without reloading it. Good God, that's a good gun. It's so it feels so good to yes. use. And I've put some
2: trinkets on it, which basically increases the damage range and increases, or decreases the amount of damage fall off. So it, mm-hmm. basically, I'm using it as a sniper as well, and it's just <laughs> it's so fun and just. And I always had shift um, equipped as well, which is the slab, which is um, what's the Dishonored? It's, it's it like the from Dishonored. It's blink. a short
3: range teleport, like teleport, basically. Mm-hmm.
2: and I feel like that's almost like cause I never took the double jump off either which is a perk like uh, that game is all about movement and mm-hmm. for me so i always kept them yeah and i basically that was my loadout for pretty much the whole game and yeah just having such a good time of it and playing as juliana i'm kind of playing it a bit like, i've been a little bit sneaky i've mainly been sneaky when invading my friends so mm-hmm. there's an we invasion mechanic in this game I was gonna say, exactly yeah need to
3: explain who juliana is exactly. You do that, but Matt, because you'll do it far better than okay. me. Okay, <laughs> so I've mentioned before that kind of like a big kind of part of the dynamic of the game is that Colt is being chased down by Juliana across the island as he does his investigation. Um, and the interesting thing about this is, so she'll turn up um, in your game as like a mini boss fight, but she can come at any time at any place. And it reminds me a bit of if you play Bioshock 2, there's kind of like the, the big sister that can just turn up out of the blue. Um, and have a go at you. She's a bit like that as a mechanic. Now, you can play um, Deathloop in three different states. You can either play it as single player in which it disconnects you from the internet, and Juliana will always be an AI character that turns up. You can then play it online in either friends or open online mode, which means that people can invade your game, and instead of it being an AI Juliana that turns up, it is someone else and this is where this is kind of like the wrinkle that makes deathloop feel so interesting and what extends its life like far beyond it just being a campaign game is that you can play as juliana and you can jump into other people's games i've not invaded i mean not invaded you emma because you're on pc right rather than um playstation Mm -hmm. um but i've not invaded you cardi so i don't know what your ability probably well i finished the game probably before
2: you got around to really invading people properly Mm -hmm. i imagine so okay if you want to you know i could jump in sometime you can have a pop at me absolutely yeah i know we did a little bit for capture didn't we yeah we we staged up where i let you kill me Mm -hmm. um but that wouldn't happen no uh, oh no anymore but yeah playing as juliana is um it's just so cheeky like like i said when i I've invaded. I've only really invaded one or two, like people on my friends list, because a lot of people seem to be cowards and hiding. Um, (laughs) You know, let me invade you. Um, But that's when I've been sneaky and been proper. Like, there's something much more satisfying to me about. This is gonna sound really weird, like creeping up on one of your friends and them not knowing that, and just out of nowhere, just absolutely just crushing their neck. Feeling <laughs> like, like the fact they didn't know you there to me is much funnier than just from a distance having a gunfight with them. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas when I invade randomers, I do kind of just go for them, right? I, I play it differently, and that's where I have you unlock things differently as Julia. I know the more you level up, it's more like a multiplayer game, really. Like the more you level up, the more guns and perks you unlock. And I've got the legendary, I don't know if it's called legendary, it's one of the golden r- rarity yeah. guns um, that I didn't actually have as cult, which is the pistol that transforms into an SMG. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's really fun. The um, Strak just... Verso, what a gun that is. <laughs> it's just, it's just so much fun. And like, yeah, I don't know. i It's that thing of sometimes I feel bad, like if I invade someone's game and I know, because at this point you'll have, I think you should play as Juliana maybe after you've finished the yeah. game, I would suggest, so you have all the map knowledge you need of these levels and you invade and you know exactly, like, depending on the time and day and where you are, you know what they're trying to do basically, so you can even cut them off or just go for them and sometimes I feel bad if I know someone's like nearer the end, I'm like oh, this is a harder bit but I'm gonna ruin it for you, <laughs> I
3: um... <laughs> I had a similar similar thing. It wasn't that it was harder, but um, there's uh, one of there's a really good location in one of the areas, which is like a rock and roll club, and mm-hmm. um, I was I know that place like really well now. I must have spent like a good six hours in that area now, <laughs> um, and so I know all of kind of like the vents through it, and I know where all of like the hidey holes are. And um, I I was just stalking this randomer through. And the first couple of times I'd seen him, I just shot him immediately. But I kept, because this was during the review period, so there weren't that many people with it, every time I rematch made, it was putting me in with the same dude and I was like, okay, oh, I'm going to no. I'm gonna watch him. So I just spent like 20 minutes watching him play the game. And then he got to a point where he was having to go onto a computer terminal to get some messages out. I just sat behind him and watched him like on this computer terminal. And then as he came about... I just stabbed him in the back, which was just kind of like,
1: oh.
3: I've ruined his day. But I let him get the information off the computer terminal, which is what he needed. But... You were kind in the end. I was kind, yeah. Kind, yeah. Kind. Mm-hmm. Mm. Emma, have you done <laughs> many invasions yet? Or...
0: I, I tried last night with Jesse. We sort of, mm-hmm. we struggled to get into each other's games. He ended up managing to get into my game. Um, and then we just sort of ran around for a bit. And, uh, and then finally we were like, okay, I, I got some information and then... I was like, okay, like we'll count down and then we'll actually like fight.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: yeah. And he disappeared, and so I was like searching the level, like thinking, like where is he gone? And um, he'd like perched up on a roof and was like looking down. You know where it like locks up the like antenna, and then you have to mm-hmm. hack it to get back to the mm-hmm. tunnels. He was like watching that spot. So. Not knowing he was up there, I went up onto the same roof to then try and, like, look over the area and see where he was and just came up behind him and, like, he was just there. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. poor Jesse. But I did try, like... Her. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I did try invading, like, some, um like, random games as well. I just felt really bad doing it. <laughs> like, one <laughs> of the ones They've got their on...
3: game open. They're ready for you. I know, you yeah, in.
0: yeah. Like, they, they asked for it. But, like, I went into one of them and colt was clearly busy you know doing stuff in the game and it was in an area in the complex where there were lots of other like enemies around and he was also fighting them and then i uh, (laughs) so i i watched him for a little bit and then i was like no you know i've got a job to do here (laughs) let's get it done i felt so bad doing it though like i was happy with getting the points and stuff but yeah i don't know i just felt a bit guilty really (laughs)
2: <laughs> no, I don't think you can, like, you said, like Matt said they've let you in the game and I think it's a real test of someone's character and I have actually seen it done yet I'd be interested to play it this way Matt, like, actually, like, so I said you could, in theory, play it as a co-op game with Juliana, helping you take out enemies, and
3: like, yeah. So I don't know if that that doesn't personally appeal to me in this game. The but. thing is, as well, is like trying to communicate that to the cult. Like, it's easier like if we were doing that because we can talk over mm-hmm. headsets. But with a randomer trying to indicate your intention, I guess is yeah. difficult. But um, I mean, you touched on a part that which I think is a really good design element is that when Juliana comes into the map because she is essentially one of the most important visionaries on the island. She has access to this antenna array, which will lock all the exits to the map. So as Colt, you have to go to the antenna and you have to hack it to reopen those exits so you can make your escape. That simple design to funnel players together and allow Juliana to start setting ambushes and even allow Colt to subvert those ambush areas and know that she's going to be there probably watching out for me. um, All of that comes together. And I think knowing how that works then ties back into the... We've mentioned that there's kind of the perks element. As you play the game, you pick up kind of like... I mean, over the, over the course of the game, like buckets worth of little kind of metal discs which turn into perks, basically. Mm-hmm. And before you go into any um, mission, you get to re-equip Colt with all the weapons that you decide that you want to use, put all of the modifications on it, and you've also got four modification like perks for Colt himself. We've mentioned that there's like a double jump, you can like make it that he doesn't make any noise when he's walking around. Talk about the kick. The kick, <laughs> yeah, there's a really good kick. You can you can upgrade the teleport um mm-hmm. ability to have a thing on it called drop kick, which is when you come out of the teleport, you kick them with such force it creates a sonic <laughs> boom and causes them to flip across the map. Um, all sorts of entertaining shit like this. But that creates like this mad deck building element, which is just like once you've unlocked and, and and infused all of these trinkets, every time you go into a map, it's like, well, what are the challenges in this map? Or if you're purposely doing invasions, what are the things that I want to be able to have a one-up on Juliana for? And then you kind of mix and match your character until you've got what you want. So one of the things that I really like doing, which a friend who also reviewed the game told me about is... You can get perks that make you much better at hacking, so it's kind of you can always hack. Mm-hmm. Like you don't ever have to kind of spend points on hacking, but you can make the hacking process speedier. And you can, I
2: use that one all the time. Yeah,
3: and you can also hack from a further distance away. Um, so that allows you to then take over the um, automated turrets that are in the game. But if you do that and then also cast Nexus, which basically spins kind of like a web between enemies on the map and links them all together, and it means that if you shoot one of them, everybody that's linked to them will instantly die. There's also an ability for that, which means that whatever damage you do, it then refunds you in health. So what you can do is create an automated turret defense system which will kill dozens of people in a single shot and also refuel you back to full health as it does it, and finding those kind of links between it and building characters that... Have this absurd set of powers that make you feel like incredibly either really sneaky or really aggressive or all of the things that are in between that. I just like what what an absolutely it's, astonishing it's just system. So fun.
2: It's amazing. Like, yeah, it's yeah. it's so smart, but it's also fundamentally just incredibly fun to play. Yeah. It's just like yeah, it's so good, and yeah, I mean, I think me and Matt we're both in agreement. It's our game of the year.
3: Oh yeah, have, I mean, so far. For, for people to understand how much of my game a year is is obviously I finished the campaign for review. When the credits mm-hmm. roll, you're actually allowed to just keep infinitely replaying that day over and over. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been playing that now for like another 15, 16 hours. Um, I've only got four trophies left to get before I plat it. Um, Ooh, obviously, whoa, those trophies. Nice. Some of the later ones are quite difficult. You've got to do the entire day with only killing the targets and never anybody else. <sighs> Mm-hmm. that's that's a challenge that is a ch- especially that la- um i'd say that that last level is actually probably one of the easier ones to when you know do how that. to do it it is i've yeah. almost done it but i got spotted at the very last like i was at Ugh. the very last section that you do and i got spotted and ended up having is it like, almost worth dying and then getting the reprise and i don't know there's probably tactics to well this, if you but... if you it, so it's worth pointing out that um Obviously, when you die, you the entire day resets again. But Cole mm. can die three, three no two times, and then on the two third times, time you actually yep. die. So there is kind of this element of like, yes, you died, but you can learn from your mistake and make sure you basically don't go back to where you died and find a way around it but um to get that trophy you you can't kill anybody on the map that's not an a yeah. visionary target i believe in it you'll do this
2: you're i will a, i you're, will you're, you're... i'm almost
3: there like i've done you're some a really difficult arcane ones. Boy. you'll get this done <laughs> and
2: yeah it's just yeah they just get better and better don't they okay it has i'm going to go back to dishonored 2 i think now and hmm. play that um I'm not, I'm not going to go back to Dishonored 1, I think. But Dishonored one's is still really 2. good. Yeah, I, I've played most Dishonored 2. I just need to finish it, but I might just start again mm-hmm. and enjoy it fully. Um, and pray I will play it at some point as well. Mm-hmm. I'm just, yeah, they're just very good, aren't they? And I was actually talking to Joe last night about this. Like, There's no sort of, you know, like the iconic levels from Dishonored, like Crack in the Slab or mm-hmm. Cobra Mansion. Kind of definitely doesn't have big levels like like I I would say an iconic mm-hmm. in quotation marks levels like that, but the whole game is kind of built like the clockwork match. Yeah. It's kind of the whole game is just mm-hmm. this weird interlocking thing. It's just it's so smart and yeah. got like The idea
3: of piecing together that game just that yeah, blows my mind. Oh, like, oh. As a as a piece of design, I have no idea right they made it and I've we've interviewed the developers like several times now, put together like really intricate things about how they design their games. I still don't know how they made this. Exactly. Any
2: any closing thoughts on Definitely, we spent a long time on it, but I think it's deserved it. Frankly, um, yeah. Anyone, any are you looking forward to finishing it, Emma? If you worked out what's going on, do you think?
0: I think so. I've just got to Ooh. a bit where I'm like, oh. So, yeah, I'm not (laughs) going to spoil it, but (laughs) there's lots of bits that make you do that, to be fair. Yeah, but um, I just love how powerful the game makes you feel. Like, Mm -hmm. even from the beginning, you always feel like you can, if you can think about doing something, you want to try sort of a tactic out or you want to approach a level in a certain way, you can probably do it. You can explore a lot of it as well, because Mm -hmm. pretty much anywhere You can any ledge you can see, you can try and get to, which is really cool. Um, which opens up like a lot of possibilities for just approaching enemies in different ways, or just trying to, you know, not engage with them at all if you want. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I'm I'm just I'm just amazed that yeah, how how complicated and intricate the game must have been to make, but how easy it is to understand. Like once you get into it, I think that's it's amazing that they've made it sort of like. Just so intelligent like that. Um, yeah, and just feeling powerful. I love it when you're in a game and you just feel like you can do anything.
3: Yeah, I think it's, that it's. thing so, that you said, Emma, about like finding ledges, and it's like even if you can't get up to them, you know that like nothing's off-bound, so it just means I can't go to it now. But if I come back to it like in the afternoon... there are entire sections of the map that are just locked off at different times of day but you know that it's an arcane game they're never going to prevent you it's just you've got to find the right point um entire buildings and and you know a huge party that doesn't happen until a specific point of the day very good is what i'm trying to say simon (laughs) it's just yeah
2: i feel like we've spoken about this game a lot not only just today but so much and yeah, just... Also, iGen on school, iGen.com. Let us know what you think of Deathloop. Because uh, it is... I mean, it's going to take something... Just looking at the rest of the year, it's going to take something pretty special for this not to be my game of the year. Uh, I don't know what it could be, but you never know. You get surprised uh, by things. And one of those things could be... You never know. Could be Call of Duty Vanguard. Which Emma... You played the beta of last weekend. I didn't actually get a chance to jump in. I might try this weekend because it's the open beta. I think this weekend I'm right in saying. Yeah, for um, sure. It's just the obviously it's just the multiplayer beta. But what did you get to try out in that?
0: So um, yeah, one thing that I was actually just I've never tried this before. On the so I was playing on PlayStation Five. Um, mm-hmm. You can plug in mouse and keyboards or connect wirelessly mouse and keyboard. And play on PlayStation and it comes up with all the prompts like natively and stuff. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, it's a- horrible to play against games. those people on
2: Playstation. Uh,
0: yeah. Yeah, I apologize <laughs> for everyone who came against last week. I'm on PC now, so it's mm. fair. But I was like last week I didn't really have too many issues with connecting to games and stuff. This week on PC I tried I played a little bit last night, um, quite late. And I was dropping out of the game constantly, so I don't know what's going on there. But
1: Mm-hmm.
0: in terms of actual gameplay and stuff. I really do like Vanguard. I think the game feels so fast, um, which is what I really, really appreciate in multiplayer. Um, I really like Modern Warfare, and I feel like this does feel like Modern Warfare. Um, and I'm having a great time just running around the map, getting uh, the kill streaks and stuff like that. I think one thing that's really cool that actually works super well in from what i've seen in vanguard so far is mountain weapons as well i've never mm-hmm. really bothered with that too much it just sort of always makes more sense to me to stay mobile but in this game i'm actually having like if you can find a good spot a good little ledge or a good little you
2: well, know they've, they've kind of tweaked it cause i think in modern warfare a couple of years ago mountain was kind of useful and in Warzone, it is kind of useful if you're setting up but yeah. they've added the mobility to it this time, so you can shift left and right along a ledge while mounted, so you're not just locked in position. So it's the amount of times I've accidentally died in Warzone because I accidentally mounted on something and was just locked in place for a no. second has done my head in. But um, <laughs> I'm glad that it's more mobile. The mode I'm interested in, I don't know if you've... Sorry if you haven't had a chance to play this mode, but it's the new Champion Hill mode. I don't know if you played it all. The yeah. two-player mode. I've it tried looks, it. Uh, it looks really good because it kind of looks like almost an evolution of Gunfight, which I really do like from Call of Duty.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. I love Gunfight as well. Like, I'll Mm -hmm. always play in, like, a duo, like, taking it really seriously kind of a thing. One thing I really Mm -hmm. like about Gunfight is that it's so fast. Um, Mm -hmm. You're in, there's no time wasted. You're in with a, like, pre-made loadout and stuff, and that is sort of a little bit different in Champion Hill. This is kind of like if you had Gunfight but it was also a bit of a battle royale as well so mm-hmm. you sort of start off you've got all these teams like in i think they do trios as well but yeah i've played duos more um and you'll start off with a certain number of lives and then you'll have a few minutes to sort of pick like you get some money you pick like a loadout you can maybe get like some armor or something get some grenades and then you're in and then so you're you're in this like little map with other people and um Every time you like kill them, that like takes away one of their lives. So, Mm -hmm. if you're really good, you might get to like the next round where you might have like all like 12 lives or whatever it is left. Um, and then you just keep the game will kind of randomize it. You'll play against like different duos, you'll have some time in between to like so stock up
3: the and way start. the way it's like i've seen it's almost like it system is yeah. so yeah
2: it's almost like there's i don't know if it's eight teams eight or ten teams Something in the like mode that. and then yeah. yeah so they're like quick two minute rounds and uh, two or three minute rounds and then once you finish the round you rotate and play against a different pair and it's just whoever's basically left with the most lives
3: like whoever's the last team standing mm. basically they it they sounds win. a really yeah. fun sounds mode. Great. i can't wait to try it yeah um, it is i know fun. It's, mm-hmm. me and Carly, like we played quite a lot of gunfight when Modern Warfare came out. It became like our mm-hmm. after after work late time office <laughs> game, um, yeah. and I had a lot of fun with that. And kind of like, there was no, never anything in Black Ops Cold War that kind of did it for me in that kind of way. No. Um, so yeah, I'm int- I'm slightly intrigued by the fact that it plays as fast as Modern Warfare because it's not what I expect out of a game that has World War Two guns.
0: Yeah, yeah, I was surprised by that because. Especially when I was reading um, people's previews and stuff, they were like, oh, yeah, this kind of feels like Modern Warfare, but it's not quite... When I was playing last weekend and last night, I was just having, like, such a good time of, like... Everything just feels so snappy. Like, you go around a corner, you see someone, like, they're they're dead in, like, seconds. And obviously, that is, like, Call of Duty is fast-paced anyway in multiplayer. But I feel like coming from, um, like, Black Ops Cold War especially that game like feels really slow now if you like go back to it after playing Vanguard. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think the weapons are cool. I think I'm really excited to see how how on earth we're going to deal with 10 different weapon attachments. I'm so used yeah, to just a having lot, like it? five. They're, they're
2: getting a, someone needs to calm him down, basically. <laughs> yeah, I, think. I mean, I think probably a lot of the reason behind it feeling a lot on Modern Warfare and being almost as quick as that game is, their priority really is Warzone. It's their biggest moneymaker and they've got to kind of make it so these weapons and the gameplay feels like Warzone essentially. There's a new Warzone map dropping, I think they said later this year. Probably Mm -hmm. be after Vanguard launches, I imagine. But it's going to be that, Yeah, just what Warzone's going to be with
3: like, I don't know,
2: they're going to have like hundreds of guns in that game now from yeah.
3: three different eras. Like, just, and I suppose they've uh, got to find a way to get an M1 Garan to fit into the blueprint system, right? Because blueprint, exactly. you can you can buy blueprints, right? Is that how? Yeah, yeah. that's, yeah, how, that's how they points, make the
2: money. Yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, they'll all be viable. Like all the Black Ops weapons, kind of, they they have their place in Warzone. And what one of the probably the most consistently effective gun in Warzone has been the Car ninety eight through the whole thing. And that's that's not a new gun by any means. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I don't, I'm I'm looking forward to jumping into Vanguard. I'm actually, as with most Cooler Gs, like the campaign is going to be what I... Especially a World War II campaign, I can't wait to yeah. play that. And I probably will play a bit of the multiplayer, if not just to level up the guns for Warzone. And play this new mode, because that new mode does sound yeah very fun. I might even hop in this weekend, who knows? Yeah, Maybe you'll find me on the Champion Hill.
0: Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> Honestly, it's it's really fun. I really like Champion Hill. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I'm not sure how popular it is right now because a lot of people just want like Blitz and like Team Deathmatch and stuff. Like I'd yeah. say the queue times for Champion Hill are a little bit longer, but I'd say it's worth the wait, especially if you're playing with like a friend. Hundred percent.
2: Yeah, I- I'm definitely gonna give it a go. I'm looking forward to trying it this weekend again. Let us know what you think of the God beta at IGN underscore UK feedback IGN dot com. Just asking for a lot of feedback today. I don't know why. I just want to hear from you. Um, got a couple of smaller games now to talk about um, that are out. or Well, actually, yeah, they are both out. So I've been playing Toem, which is mm. a game you probably may not have heard of. Because I have a no idea little... what it is. Well, there we go. It's a game that's out today. We reviewed it. I believe we gave it an 8 out of 10. Uh, Rebecca Valentine and our US team reviewed it. It is just a lovely little game and i really had a lovely time playing it mm-hmm. it's a it took like four or five hours it's not a long game at all and the concept is it's just very nice like it's um all black and white and it's kind of hand-drawn style and you basically play as this kid who kind of looks a bit like what what, what sort of animal does does the kid from tell them look like bit like a sheep maybe um, okay. but you're basically sent on this adventure by your mum who gives you uh just a camera and that's all you really have is a camera and you have to you're on this journey to go and experience toem and you don't really you'll you'll find out what toem is at some point in the game but um you basically just work through these i think it's five different areas like little mini open worlds and you're basically doing tasks for people it's like oh this person needs i don't know this person's lost their sock can you help them find it and in order to find that sock like you'll have to use the camera to either take a picture or something or startle something to like solve these little mini puzzles and it's just a really nice short puzzle game that's quite funny <laughs> there's lots of weird animals and creatures and it's just just and it's the music's nice but to be honest, it's just a very nice podcast game as well to just chill out. Like, I was using it as like a little bit, like an hour or so before bed to just chill out. And yeah, I had a lovely time. I'm on my way to the Platinum. It's quite an obtainable Platinum. I know that'll perk some people's ears up. I will say that I'm on the last few trophies. And some of these, it almost turns into a bit of Where's wallet At the end, it's like, find this one thing in the whole list game. It's like, I'm using my camera to look at every single corner of everything, trying <laughs> to find these things, like... The actual game itself is quite easy and simple, but getting 100% in this game is by no means simple, right. I don't think.
3: When you say he's got a camera, is it like a game of photography then? is it like- Basically, yeah, it's a photography game. It's kind of, yeah, you're
2: basically solving every puzzle by looking down the lens of your camera and either taking a picture. Like Someone's like, oh, I need a picture of me with three pieces of food and you have to find them three times in this world with some food. Right. So it's kind of like, just like a nice little checklist puzzle game that's... Just it's just nice to play. I believe it's on. I played it on PS Five. I think it's on Switch and PC as well. I'm not sure about Xbox. I assume it is. I don't know. But yeah, it's just if you want a nice little chilled few hour game, I'd recommend Toem. T O E M is how that's um spelt. By the way, if you're looking for it, uh, I know lovely. Matt. It is lovely, Emma. It's absolutely delightful. Um, do you know what else is a delight, Matt? We spoke about spoke about it. Spoke about it briefly last week but mm. i know that you've now played and finished the artful escape i have, have you finished it yet cardi i haven't i'm gonna finish that tonight because i'm yeah. just i'm i'm feeling i don't know if anyone can still hear i'm feeling quite rough so i'm thinking <laughs> maybe i'd bang the headphones on have a lot of water and just kind
3: of let that take me away later <laughs> mm-hmm. so i know as you said cardi we spoke about it last week you where you'd played like the first kind of two hours of it half yeah. yeah, so that's about how it's about like four to five hours, depending on how how much you take your time with it. And so like last week, we'd established kind of the storyline of kind of like this this boy who's whose de- uncle was kind of like a big folk hero, um, like folk music hero, should I say? And kind of him trying to like follow in his footsteps to a degree, but obviously has the urge to not really be into folk. And he's much more into prog rock and stuff like that. Um, so now I have finished it. Obviously, I'm not going to talk about what happens at the end, but I kind of wanted to revisit it so I could kind of touch on like the themes that that game explores, which I think is really, really, like, touchingly beautiful. Because it's about, like, finding your own identity, which makes it, like, this really, really well done kind of young adult kind of story. And I was talking to Joe about this, and he was like most games are about adults and then you get some games that are about kids but it's very very rare that you get like stories that are based on that kind of coming of age era you know off the top of my head there's it's that's life is strange's deal right like that's like there's one single series that kind of does this um and artful escape does it in a really incredibly well written way but the way it deals with kind of like your teenage identity crisis and finding who you are Mm -hmm. is done through like finding a musical persona that's not the one that everybody expects you to take and it's obviously as you mentioned before it's it's almost a walking simulator to a degree It is a lot of walking left to right but the way it does that is in these beautiful kind of alien worlds where as you're walking around you just hold down x and you start strumming your guitar which puts these incredible kind of like power chords and big light effects as you walk around the world Mm -hmm. um but as you talk to people, you're kind of making decisions about who you are and what your like new fake identity is as this kind of like incredible intergalactic rock star. And by the time you get to the end of the game, there's kind of like it, it recounts to you almost in that kind of, um, you know, like when Daenerys is introducing herself towards the end of Game of Thrones and she's just got this like, I'm the breaker of the chains. Yeah. I'm the mother of dragons. Or like
1: yeah.
3: <laughs> Like towards the end of the game, you get this kind of collective where it's just like, I am this, 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 this and this. And I chose this and this is the person that I have decided to become. And like, that's really emotionally moving. Um, But it's built into this game that like, when I've described it to people, it's, it's a Douglas Adams story scored by Pink Floyd and directed by Wes Anderson. It's got all of these kind of like incredible kind of alien sort of species that are really quite witty and weird. That's kind of very hitchhiker's the music has got not just the Pink Floyd kind of prog rock to it, but even all the visuals of these incredible light shows and weird kind of like alien landscapes and creatures, um, long kind of heavy wailing chords and that electro reverb. But it's, um, and I know that kind of like our reviewer picked up, and was it Tristan or Cam that reviewed um, Artful oh, that Escape? A good question. Someone that's off the US team. But they pointed out that Australian, someone Australian. Mm -hmm. But they point out because of the static framing of it, it's got this very Wes Anderson sort of feel to it, and the characters have got like dialogue that's just like better than anybody's ever going to come up with on the like on the spur of the moment. Um, So it has got that kind of feel to it, and it just all comes together in like this really really well put together package. Which after I've played a couple of Annapurna games, that I really wasn't a huge fan of like mentioned before that 12 minutes didn't turn out how i wanted it um and i played last stop if you've played last stop another annapurna game that wasn't quite what i wanted it to be um but this one was just like yep this is exactly what that publisher is good at doing and it's done very well here
2: i can only echo that okay i'm looking forward to finishing that later it's just like i said before it's just just to take in just the music and the visuals alone are just Mm -hmm. amazing to look at um yeah how
0: long is it? That's there? another.
2: One. I'd say four or five hours yeah. is what I've mm-hmm. heard.
0: Oh, okay, cool. I really want to play it, but there are so many good games out right now.
2: Nah, there's so <laughs> many games. This one's on Game Pass, so, you know, get it downloaded for free on your Xbox console. Um, I don't know why I just did a little advert for Game Pass, <laughs> but it is a good deal. Good luck it to is. them. Fair play. Uh, you can't knock that, can you? Um, do you know what? I'm going to go through. I've been doing it recently. Here's some films from the 70s you might not have seen that you should have um, been doing this periodically. We did the 50s, we did the 60s. People have been asking for this so I'm sorry if you don't want to hear it but you're hearing it. Um, and some people have watched the films I've suggested so thank you if you've reached out to say you enjoyed them. I did say they're not going to be obvious films but the first one from this list. I mean, the 70s to me is the peak of cinema so far. Like I think and so many would of my favourite films. Like the 70s are unbelievable. You've got No, you've got the stars, Star Wars, you've got Jaws, you've got, I mean, Godfather Part One and Two, you've got, like, some of the greatest films ever made, and one of those is the first one on my list here, because, do you know what, this isn't one of the best films ever made, and probably one of the more famous films ever made, but a lot of people I talk to haven't seen Apocalypse Now. Really? Which, yeah, Joe hasn't seen seen Apocalypse Now. Well, there you, go. There you um, go. Watch Apocalypse Now. I mean, it Especially is huge, and it will f- take you seven weeks to watch. But <laughs> no, it won't. if you get the, if you're lucky enough to own a 4K uh, Blu-ray device, oh, if you own a console, you probably do, um, and a TV to watch it on. The re-release they did of Apocalypse Now in 4K, the final cut, is the best version of that film. And my God, is it incredible to watch! If you don't know what Apocalypse Now is, it's a Vietnam film directed by Francis Ford Coppola, who did do The Godfather 1 and 2 in the 70s as well. What a decade for Francis, I think we can all agree. Uh, but yeah, it's all about just a soldier in the Vietnam War who's gone... His top-secret mission, basically, is to go deep into... um, deep into the war, essentially, and locate a Green Beret who has gone kind of rogue. Uh, and that's... I don't want to say any more, because... It's just an incredible film. Uh, it's kind of Yeah, like that said, of,
3: it's not a laugh. <laughs> it's, it's heart of darkness, isn't it, that it's kind of inspired yes. from? And so if you've played Spec Ops The Line, very, very well-acclaimed uh, video game, mm-hmm. that also pulls from the same kind of inspiration. Mm-hmm. So if you like that, if you want the cinematic epic version of that, get on Apocalypse exactly. Now. And the 4K Blu-ray I mentioned
2: has the Heart of Darkness documentary, which is one of the more famous film documentaries because that production was an absolute nightmare for all involved, basically. Uh, but that's a great watch in its own right. So you're basically getting two incredible films out of that. Uh, another one is actually another Francis Ford Coppola film from the 70s, which is The Conversation, which he made. This came out the same year as The Golf Over Part 2. How did he do this? I don't know. I would love to talk to him one day. But um, The Conversation, if you don't know. Has anyone seen The Conversation? No, or, right, no. Do you know what, Matt? I think you'd like it. It's got Gene Hackman, who is a Surveillance expert, and it's set in San Francisco. And he basically overhears, like he's—I try, I try not to give away—but he's, he's hired by a mysterious client basically to tail a young couple. And he watches them in San Francisco's Union Square, which is a big square in the middle of San Francisco. And he records a cryptic conversation between them. And basically, that conversation he keeps playing it and keeps like he basically becomes obsessed with the tape. And he thinks that couple are in danger and he's kind of trying to work out what's going on here. And he kind of becomes slightly
3: obsessed with this couple and working out what's going to happen to them. I um, uh, had no idea this what this film was about, but I have a distinct memory of the first time I ever went to the US. I had to wait for someone in Union Square, but they were like an hour late. So essentially, it got you know, when you just people watch... And you just Mm -hmm. kind of like, just hearing snippets of conversation and putting together what you think those people's lives are. feel like I know what the, I've lived the conversation. You feel like you are Gene Hackman (laughs) in the conversation.
2: Mm -hmm. Uh, But that is a fantastic film. I can uh, only recommend another one. Who's seen Don't Look Now? Yeah, I don't actually like it. Well, you're an idiot. No, you're not. (laughs) (laughs) It's a very, uh, I can
3: see why you wouldn't like it. Let me put it that way. I think, I, think, a, I think it's got a Marmite I think, film, isn't it? Yeah. It's very well directed, I think. I just don't like the payoff. I think like the final third really, like, really doesn't work oh, for me. It really freaks me out, that film. Like it's one of it's if you don't know, it's a
2: horror film. Um and please trust me on this, if you haven't seen this film, don't even Google this film because like the first Google image search this film will reveal <laughs> the reveal of this film. And it will kinda of, I won't say it'll ruin it, but it won't be any exciting so the first time i saw this i think i watched it at school what like in, they let, when what i was like
0: horror when film i was like
2: 17 or 8 well like in when i was in like sixth form so i started media oh, studies okay. we were doing a horror module and what this was one of the films we watched right. and i remember everyone watching this film going what's that so a lot of people i think when you're 16 17 like, i don't watch a film like an old film um then the end happens half the people were just Freaked out, and half the
3: people just laughed. It kind of has that reaction. To yeah, me, I think. Mm-hmm. it freaked me out. The other thing is, is um, that film has a very famous um, coitus scene. Oh, it's <laughs> one of the first explicit set scenes in a film, to the yeah. point where um, the, there was like all the rumours about that they'd actually just got them yeah. to bang on set, basically. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's the truth? I don't know. That's probably the absolutely truth probably
2: not. There, <laughs> very quick synopsis: of This film is basically there's a couple. Um, it's Donald, Donald Sutherland and oh. who's the actress? Let me not do her a disservice and actually find Julie Christie. Um, basically, they're a couple that suffer a terrible loss and they meet in, basically, go to Venice where the husband is restoring a church and then there's two mysterious sisters um, one of which gives them a message sent from the afterlife, and it goes on from there. <laughs> it's it's a wild ride. It's quite a slow film. I don't think it's overly long from memory, but check it out, because I, don't know, I just think it's one of those kind of classic horror films that you, you should watch. Who's
3: it, is it Polanski that directed that?
2: No, it is... Um, it is... Nicholas Rogue.
3: That's it. God.
2: But, yeah, it's... It's so good. Speaking of Polanski, though, we mm-hmm. have got a Polanski film next, right. which is Chinatown. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if, if you've seen Chinatown. <laughs> yeah, I've seen Chinatown.
3: You sound like you don't like Chinatown. I do don't you. mind Chinatown. I'm not as big on the <laughs> 70s as you are. Like, uh, so for me, it's the because I obviously like a lot of genre films. So the 80s is when kind of that yeah. all comes into into light. But yeah, if you don't know what Chinatown
2: is, it's um, Jack Nicholson has his "Private Eye" in L.A. and he's just hired. By a woman to investigate her husband's extramarital affair, and then he kind of just gets swept up in the city and Hollywood, and just like this, it's very much the inspiration for La Noire. The mm-hmm. game, yeah, it's pretty much the film of La Noire. But I just love it so much, and one of the great last lines of a film as well. Um, if you if you have seen it. You'll know what I mean. And Nichol, but, you can always bank on
3: Nicholson, right? He's good uh, in Jackson, pretty much everything he does.
2: I might watch Chinatown this weekend. It's been a while since. I might take my own recommendation and watch Chinatown. Chinatown this weekend. And the last one from the 70s is Dog Day Afternoon. Have you seen Dog Day Afternoon? No. Oh, there we go. Now we're going. One of Al Pacino's best performances. Um, it's based on a true story. And don't look up the true story because obviously... That's the film, so don't look it up. Um, basically, a man who is Al Pacino decides to rob a Brooklyn bank to pay for his lover's operation, but is forced to take hostages as the heist doesn't go as planned. So it's it's a heist film, essentially, and the vast majority of it is set inside this bank and it's a hostage scenario of Al Pacino shouting a lot and doing his thing, but it's so good. It's one of the most tense films you watch and... because It is one of those films that I kind of uh I kinda of wish I hadn't told people it was a true story because you watch it all and at the end you're like, that was a true story, mm. what happens in that mm. film and what the, like but yeah, so good. So if you haven't watched Dog Day Afternoon, I recommend that. Those are my seventies picks. All quite actual looking back, all quite hard watches there. I'm sorry. You, <laughs> you do like it. There's not a lot watch, of laughs there. <laughs> what what what's a good what's a good fun what's a seventies comedy I can throw out there? Let's have a look. Um Are there any comedies from the 70s?
3: Genuine? I suppose the Python films, are they from the late 70s? It's
2: the Holy Grail from the 70s.
3: It might be, because they tick over into the 80s, don't they? But I think... What about Life of Brian? in the 70s, I think. Yeah. Um, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I know one. What about The Jerk of Steve Martin? That's a good film. Is
0: that the 70s?
2: Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Although some of that might not have dated very well, thinking about Mm. it. A lot of stuff but we'll that Martin see. Martin did in the early days. Hasn't dated all that <laughs> yeah. well. Do you know what, Bugsy Malone is from the seventies. Mm. That's a fun film. Aww. There we go. There's some more free seventies uh, uh, recommendations. Cool. Shall we do an endless search?
0: Yeah.
3: Inside is a UK IGN crew. Yeah, yeah, and the ones in two, we got the games gonna play for you inside. I got a question for you. What at the DJ, we coming through. Yeah, yeah, and the ones in two, we got the games gonna play for you inside. I got a question for you. Is it in the search?
2: Emma, your first time as quizmaster, I believe.
0: I'm is very right? excited and also a bit scared. I hope I haven't made it too easy or too hard.
2: Oh, I'm sure it'll be fine. I, I I would prefer if it was too hard, I think. Really? Really? Okay. But who knows? Yeah, I thought, I like I thought you'd prefer
0: if too easy, then it makes you look good, no, doesn't
2: it? I like a challenge, because if they're hard questions, you get them right, you look oh. even
0: better. Risk-reward. for If you get them wrong,
2: it's just disappointing, <laughs> isn't it? Are they all about 70s Dower films <laughs> and banks?
0: <laughs> they are not. <laughs> I think oh, I'll have oh. to work through your list before I can kind of come up with an endless search for that. But... This week, this was kind of inspired by Deathloop, actually. Um, nope. I won't give away any spoilers. There's a part where you have to remember some sort of some trivia, some bits about the game, oh, and I, I was like to think. Yeah, there you go. Okay, yeah. So, which I'm terrible at remembering stuff like tiny little details like that. So mm-hmm. I thought I was wondering. I was going to test how well do you know or remember various locations in video games.
2: Ooh, so okay. we're
0: we're thinking like let's hope i've played them yeah i've tried to sort of <laughs> keep it like very general we hop around all yep. over the place so Good. it should be quite fair i've also tried to pick some games that i know you like like both of mm-hmm. you so should be fun let's
2: hope. <laughs> if one of them is death loop then matt's one so let's <laughs> just give him a point now
0: well spoiler there's no death loop Oh, okay, cool. We'll we'll leave that one out. But there's ten questions and then I do have like a tiebreaker one if you get sweet. Five points each. So
2: let's do it.
0: Okay, so I guess just if you know the answer, like whoever gets it the quickest and if it's right gets the point. Um Alright, so starting off, in Super Mario sixty four, what's the name of the snowy region?
2: Oh. Oh, This is gonna. I've never played the Super noise... Mario
3: 64 because I've never had an N64. But this level is it. referred to in so many kind of like articles yeah. and videos that I will kick I myself when it. you get it.
2: I've only played Super Mario 64 once and it was quite a while ago. We
3: were you like six uh... years old?
2: Uh... Oh, This is gonna be. It's gonna be not that. Like, as soon as I hear it, I'm gonna hit myself. Mm hmm.
0: It is one. I think all um, these questions are like that. Unfortunately, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's
2: fine. Like there, there's games I know a lot better than Super Mario 64. <gasps> um, it's gonna be uh, it's something like it's, Frosty. It's gonna be something like Frosty, frosty peaks. peaks. Is it
3: Frosty Peaks? Snowy it's
2: good,
0: Peaks? It's a good guess, but it's not quite there. But you're on Icy the right peaks.
2: track. Frozen Peaks. No. Right. Well, it was one of those? It was it was one of the words Frosty? And it's I've got peaks. Is it peak?
0: It's not peak, but it's like, think of a synonym for peak. <laughs> I can give you Frosty a clue if heights. you want. This might give it away, Mountain. though. Do you no, want to have a little... Do... Should, should I do the summit.
2: clue? I sum it.
0: No.
2: I don't know. Yeah, give a clue.
0: <laughs> okay, so the clue is that one of the words is repeated in, like... Oh, so that's Something, a lot. something, like...
3: yeah. Like Moo Moo Meadows. Yeah, like, like that. that yeah. yeah. Oh. Ice Ice Baby.
0: <laughs> no, that would be an amazing name for a level.
2: Eight.
3: <laughs> it's just a giant oh. baby made of ice. Yeah.
2: But I, I, don't, I don't think it's coming to me, and this is going to infuriate so
3: many people. Hmm.
2: Shall I, no, shall and
3: I just... I'll know it when you say it. Yeah. I know, it's going
0: to be horrible. Please don't hate me for this. <laughs>
3: Oh, what is it?
0: Alright, it's Cool Cool Mountain. God. So you
3: were I really swear. close. Like I've read like a uh, you know these kind of like watch mojo kind of videos, which is like the yeah. ten best platform levels. I've watched something with it fucking in recently. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh well. We go again.
0: Okay. We're gonna stick with Nintendo actually. What is the name of the planet that both the original Metroid game? And Super Metroid a right. set on.
2: We're hitting all my Nintendo blind spots right now. If Joe was here he'd be clean up, mm. I'm sure, sure, he's he knows it's Nintendo. Uh I've I've never played a Metroid game. <laughs> no, I've played I have played Metroid one, but again no, I haven't played Metroid. I've played Super Metroid a long time ago.
0: <laughs> okay. So you've been there but it was A very, very long time,
2: years ago. It's, again, going to be
3: one of those as soon as I hear it. I'm like, yeah, I've read that name a hundred Mm -hmm. times. (laughs) Um, I've I've no idea if it's even like, you know, kind of like the LV number kind of uh, insignias Mm. that the alien planets have. I've no idea if it's like that or if it's actually got a name. I think it's just a name. It
0: is a name. Yeah. I think it's kind
2: of, I know like the sounding of it. Sort of like what sort of like language it might sound like, but it's not coming. What about um, what was that Jumanji spin off? Was it um, oh, Zephyra? Was it Zephyra? Yeah, was it set there?
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, but that is actually quite close to the name. I
2: I think it was Zandalf. That's why I've got in my head that it's something like that, and that's what's annoying me. Um, Terabithia, (laughs) who remembers that? Oh my god, the bridge, too. Uh, it's not gonna come. I'm sorry.
0: Okay, it's Zebis.
2: Zebis.
0: I think that's how, um, I think that is how you say it. Okay. All right. This one should be a bit we're easier because you don't can we're kind of. Get one. I think you'll I think you'll work this out really quickly. I think it's just going to be a case of who answers I'll take the it quickest. At this point. Give us All the right. easy one. <laughs> <laughs> Overwatch's Town map. Is set in which country?
3: Australia.
2: Australia. Oh. You're not beating me so that.
0: <laughs> I had Matt spoke first, right? I so, said it before what? you. Yeah.
3: I
2: definitely did. Because I, I knew I'm halfway going, through I'm the i going question. to edit these audio files and shift mine forward by oh half gosh. a second so it sounds like I said it first.
0: <laughs> Matt you can ha- you can
2: You can have it. I, I'm pretty sure. You know, we both knew it. I don't. Yeah, I don't mind. <laughs> okay, I'm just happy for either of us to get them at this stage of this game. Cool.
0: All right. Next one. This I think be ready because I think you'll both know this one. What is the name of the space station in Prey 2017? Talos One. Oh, <laughs> you're so good. Oh my gosh. <clears throat> for oh my just God, a King bonus Boy, yeah. point, do you know what you saying? I it's did know saying? that
2: one, but it would have taken me about three seconds to remember it. That's Do I know what year uh, Prey is set in? Yeah. Is it 2066? It. No. I would say 2045.
0: That's actually really close. It's 2035.
2: Oh, I, I, I win. You got the five bit, right? <laughs> well, I win with a random guess. It's
0: pretty good. Just the future, isn't it? <laughs> um, it's all the same. Yeah. Okay. What is the name of the fictional town in the first Life is Strange game.
3: Oh, uh, Arcadia Bay. Oh
2: it's just, just the mat round. Arcane and Life is Strange. What's Matt's going on, on fire.
0: Well, I thought you, well, you've been editing all the videos. I thought you would have been hearing all this. I thought you would have been going <laughs> on. I didn't
2: know Talus 1, that is fair. And I knew it was a bay. <laughs> <laughs> fair <and> enough. Strange.
0: <laughs> um, okay, in Fallout 4... Where is the Commonwealth? I'm looking for... I'll take the state and all the cities. Oh, it's in Massachusetts. Boston. Massachusetts.
2: Oh, Massachusetts.
0: is Boston, Massachusetts. Yeah. yeah. So it's I great.
2: I said Massachusetts, you, but you said Boston. I so get both a get point. a point each, yeah. is, I think technically, yeah, it's, it's a, a wider than the Boston area. It's Massachusetts. You do come out
3: of the city, don't you, and go into the That's, kind of I, sticky area. I'm not keeping scores up there.
2: <laughs> oh,
0: I am. <laughs> so <laughs> Matt's ahead with four points. Simon with one. Okay. What is the hub area called in Dark Souls Two?
2: Oh fuck Sorry, off! Go on, Matt. It's the one I haven't played. <laughs> well, I haven't played any of them properly. <laughs> um, well,
0: the first one will oh, be too. Oh, it's going to be something yeah. like
2: the the. Ashen shrine or something in it. It's gonna be something like that. Um the Elder Stone tablet room uh, <laughs> it's going to ask. Um Death's Concourse <laughs> These could all be places. They
0: could they sound like <laughs> places.
3: The I don't know. So all I can do, the Firelink's Nexus Dreaming, which is literally an amalgorithm <laughs> of pretty much every sounds very right, dark souls. souls.
2: Yeah, um, I'm gonna say it is the shrine of Ash. It's just that, isn't it?
0: Do you want a clue? <laughs> it's not, is it? <laughs> I'm not. never
2: gonna get it. I've not. I've not played this game.
0: Okay, it is Majula
2: Wouldn't have, wouldn't have, wouldn't is... have got that. Where's their mask? <laughs> you thinking exactly. of Medusa?
0: Medusa's
1: mask.
2: Majura is, yeah. Oh, Medusa. So I, I originally thought of Manjula from uh, The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Should've had that as a clue, really.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, um What is Diablo's world called?
3: Oh, sanctuary. Oh. sanctuary. <sighs> <laughs>
0: it's
3: very was rare fast. I get to storm through one of these. That was fast. So, uh,
2: I'm gonna blame the long night. <laughs> I had. I'm not I'm not completely with it.
0: Simon's not himself today.
2: If you want to know something quite funny, I did just record a 20 minute VO for Jesse, and he slapped me just saying, My friend, I think I'll do the VO on this one. Oh. <laughs> so that's how that's gone for me.
3: Oh, at least he let you down I can't gently. Speak properly. Are there any more questions, Emma?
0: We've got some more questions. Are you ready? Matt's
3: hungry for him now. He's
2: in Matt the is
0: on fire. Five points. I'm trying
2: to think. Like, very rare there's probably a game I've played that Matt hasn't. <laughs> I'm trying to think <laughs> of some. It's like, what do I know better than you?
0: Okay. What is the name of the first populated town that you come across in Red Dead Redemption 2?
3: Well, this is... Um... 2.
2: Valentine?
0: Yes.
3: Yeah. I don't. Was, the only fucking was, place yes. I can remember from RDR2 is Strawberry. Is it Strawberry Hill? Strawberry. It's just Strawberry. It's just Strawberry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is the one game I
2: probably do know back to front that
3: Matt does. Yeah, it's no, I don't good. know. I've only played it once. I don't know it that well.
1: Fair, Fair enough.
3: enough. I do okay. want to. I, if they do, a, I do, a, do, a, do give really me a next-gen good. upgrade, I'll be well in for it. I mean, I yeah, it just looks, looks good as is, doesn't
2: it? I want to
0: play it, it again, but it's so long. Like, mm, yeah, how amazing. do you find the time? How have you played it twice?
2: Because I love it.
0: <laughs>
2: just I, dedicate I to did it. it as, I played that instead of watching a TV show for like a couple of months. It's like an hour a night, just like you know, dipping in. It's like what, rewatching something because you know the story and the acting is unbelievable. I know it's not for everyone, but it's maybe my favorite game. I'm in this current freeway battle in my mind between Overwatch, Red Dead Two, and God of War. Oh. It's swirling around and I can't sleep most nights. Big recent hits as well. I know. No no I know. legacy like works. There. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's some good stuff. Should we continue the game? <laughs> Let's
0: give it a go. Alright, so points currently. Five to Matt, two mm-hmm. to Simon.
2: That's 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 me behind. Get we there, on the though. final question now.
0: So yeah, if you get this question you have six points. So be ready, I guess. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Be prepared.
0: Exactly. What is the name of the town that Alan Wake is set in?
2: Oh, Bright, Bright Falls. Falls.
0: I heard that exactly oh. the same time. I
2: think I got that one, didn't I? Oh my I think my gosh. the thing that happened there was, I, said, I started saying it first, but Matt just said it quicker, but started slightly later. So he may oh. have
3: finished at the same time. Just... It's out of my hands. <laughs> I don't need the point. Is what I'm saying. I had oh, it doesn't exactly need the it. same. Time. Oh, okay. It
0: was like you said it in unison. Okay. It's
2: Bright Falls. I said it twice. We so we
0: can do right a it. we could do a we could do a bonus point for this one if you want, and then that could be oh, like the little the, the little the little tiebreaker for this question. Let's do it. Um, which state is it set in? In the U.S. Uh, Washington. Matt gets it.
2: There we go. There we
3: go.
0: What a champion! <laughs>
2: I a lot of video games.
3: Kind of have you noticed? Do, you, do you have a very
0: good memory as well? <laughs> yeah, I feel that was quite hard and mean. I'm sorry. I was trying to go for I, it and I, I was thinking, is this
2: I enjoyed it. It's just well, it's just a classic quiz, isn't it? It's not particularly hard or easy. It's just if you know the game, you'll know it. Like that's just how it's gonna be. Yeah. I, mean, I enjoyed it. It was it was nice just to have a straight up quiz for once, actually. I quite enjoyed that. Keeping um, it simple. Maybe next time we'll do it on locations of 70s crime films. And, uh... <laughs> well, aren't they all just set in LA? <laughs> no. So, uh, we had San Francisco, New York, LA, Vietnam. <laughs> it's not really a crime <laughs> film. So. Uh, Venice. Uh, lots of places. Um, yeah, I enjoyed that. Emma. Thank you very much. Remember, if you want to send in your endless searches, do it at IGN underscore UK feedback at com. We do still use them. Sometimes, though, we just like to make our because it's a bit of fun. Uh, but yeah, we will use them. Finally, let's do some feedback. I believe Matt is you
3: first. Mm-hmm. This one is from Gage. He comes from Humboldt County in California. I'm hoping I'm saying that right. Anyway, yeah, Humboldt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't. I've, I've never heard of it. I don't spend a lot of time in California. If it wasn't obvious, oh, I haven't recently, know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Was listening to your chat about games, films that you've loved, but only ever played or viewed once. For me, Hereditary and Midsummer immediately came to mind. I love these films, but have zero inclination to ever watch them again. Especially Hereditary, which left me feeling absolutely dreadful (laughs) post-viewing. Yes. Thinking of films that are quite hard to watch <laughs> that I've viewed a few times, I've shown pretty much all my major girlfriend's Requiem for a Dream.
2: What are you doing?
3: <laughs> that what? film is that an was... intense and pretty much keeps you on edge oh. with existential dread the entire time. Jesus but I think it's a masterpiece Christ. and I've always wanted to show it to others who haven't experienced it. I will point out, my girlfriend made me watch fucking Get- Gerald's Game, um, which... Not a fucking game film that you want to watch as a date no. game
2: it's fantastic, but yeah, I know what you mean That's on areing for a dream though that's just well, like, I know I'm recommending some tough watches. Recclaiming for a Dream is one of the <laughs> toughest films I've ever watched, and like and I don't yeah God, I think it's worse than train spotting on that level and just especially the end of that film with some mm. of the stuff that's going on with Jennifer Connolly's character and <laughs> 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 like that is it's not one for the family. Mm-hmm. Let's put it that way.
3: Anyway, Gage transitions to games, and this is this is a there's a take here, <laughs> a take that's going to make me vomit in my mouth as I try to say it. Uh, oh, also, no. fun fact: I've played through Mass Effect Andromeda twice. I played it before the original trilogy. I'm playing through Mass Effect Two now with the recent remaster out. I'm liking 2. I didn't really enjoy one because of its very old school gameplay and horrible UI and menu systems. keep it in that it's fine i have to say as of now i like andromeda leaps and bounds above one and most of two i felt like being speared in the side (laughs) we'll see if three jumps ahead but andromeda was one of my favorite games of last gen so it'll be a hard one to overtake hot take i'm aware yes i'm literally on fire (laughs) Um, but as someone who has never had the nostalgia for the first trilogy, I think that I didn't have the bias that many others did going in. I think it has the best gameplay by far, and the worlds are much more realised and impressive visually. Anyway, love the pod, keep it up, other nice things, etc. from Gage. I can see where he's coming from. I don't think
2: Andromeda is by any means a great game, but maybe if you haven't played the others, you're just playing this first time, you're like, oh, this isn't too bad. It just pales in comparison.
3: (laughs) Yeah, like for me, it's just a case of like, like... I played Andromeda when it comes out. I think Andromeda's fine. It's got a good combat system. Um, I literally couldn't tell you what happened in Andromeda, aside from like what the initial setup is. I have no memory of any of the characters, any of the worlds. Like It, it just mm-hmm. doesn't think... But um, yeah, I think if you haven't... If you play that first and maybe haven't got the attachment to the trilogy and are missing what I think is substantially better storytelling, um, yeah. maybe you will feel that about Andromeda. Yeah, I disagree. I...
2: <laughs> i will say about hereditary and midsummer midsummer i have watched once i liked it i didn't like i think hereditary is one of the best best recent films like, i hard, don't like hereditary films recent, I, really. like I, it I, I love hereditary um midsummer i didn't like as much and that's not a film I'll, I'll probably rewatch it sometime but i have no urge to watch that film again i liked it but it's very long very slow and you can, I know I can remember what happens. You know, I'm not. I'm not I'm going to get much from a rewatch of that film. But mm-hmm. Hereditary, I have seen three or four times. Um The first time I watched Hereditary was actually on a plane. <laughs> um, <Wow. laughs> but that was a mistake because they like because it was on a plane. They cut out like a couple of the more intense moments and like shots of the film. Mm-hmm. Obviously, because it's on a plane, they censor it slightly. It was, you know, still terrifying but yeah there's a couple of the more gory bits that they just didn't show i was like oh what happened there they kind of just cut cut away especially a scene in a car if you've seen the film you know mm-hmm. what i'm talking about they just kind of
3: cut to the next scene i'm like i don't really know what happened there <laughs> um, I, um <laughs> sometimes because sometimes they don't cut films on plane and i sometimes mm-hmm. will watch like i don't know if you do this when you're on a plane but if i see someone like in the row beside me that are watching a film that i really like um, yeah. I like to watch sort of like what they what scenes Reactions. they're on and see how they're reacting. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I see films like, "Why is that on a plane?" Like that's a lot. <sighs> but um, I can remember watching Kickass once on a plane, um, and they just dubbed out all the swearing. So oh every time they say like <laughs> "motherfucker," like you just have a completely different voice come over it and just say "fudge." <laughs>
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> that's very good. Yeah, that
3: sounds like an improvement. I, I'd, I'd watch that. Um, that sounds I fun. Kick-Ass has held up. I haven't watched that in like 10 years. Uh, I don't know. I, I say I've not watched it for that. It's probably been eight years since I saw that. Is it
2: that old? Oh, my gosh.
3: I was in it's university like when it was out.
2: 2007?
3: Okay. Mm, probably a bit later than that. I reckon it's about 2009, 2010. Let's have a look. Kick-Ass.
2: 2010, there you go. Wow. It I doesn't if
3: feel I
0: ever like
2: that, watched 2. Okay. If I did watch 2, then I don't remember anything about it.
3: 2 is not good. <laughs> 2 <laughs> is watch. really
0: not good. Yeah. Mm. Talking about Midsummer, oh. actually before we move on. I had to stop watching that film because it just got to a really horrible point and I didn't want to see it. Um <laughs> I don't know if you know the bit I'm talking about. There's a bit I mean the... there's a
2: few bits and that I mean it could be Is it near the Did you get quite near the end?
0: No, not even. Um
2: Okay. Is it it's... Does it involve like a cliff?
0: Yes, that okay. is the bit. Oh my gosh. It was so <laughs> uncomfortable to watch. And that's the thing I've watched Hereditary and I watched that to the end, and it was like, that's got some horrible mm-hmm. scenes in it, but I got through it. It was fine. Midsummer, I was so I like, I can't watch this.
2: <laughs> I mean, you didn't even get to the end, so maybe, you know, I'd love to see your reactions. Does it get while.
0: worse? It must, right?
2: I would argue, absolutely.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> <I'm joking. laughs> Maybe I want to rewatch it re-watch now. Re-watch you've got me it. in the
2: mood to rewatch Midsummer. Oh Just the best bits, the highlights. Uh- <laughs>
0: <laughs> All the horrible scenes.
2: <laughs> exactly. Um, I've got an email here from Ryan from Melbourne, Australia. He says, Long time listener, first time caller. I don't, oh. I don't know if he oh. voice recorded this message, maybe. The question from this week's podcast about games, movies, and books you've only experienced once inspired me to chuck in a suggestion of my own. I feel like my voice has slowly healed the more we've gone on here. This is good. Um, it's a soothing maybe podcast. I'm <laughs> exactly. A game I'll never play again, or perhaps wait a long time to play again, is actually my favourite game of all time Breath of the Wild. To me, so much of the magic of that game was in the freedom, exploration, and sense of discovery it gave to the player. I love climbing every tower, searching every nook and cranny, scouring the map to identify pockets of the world I hadn't yet visited. The same goes for its freedom. Uh, its sorry, its freeform approach to teaching or not teaching the player, the myriad ways they can creatively interact with the environment for traversal and combat. I can't help but feel on a second playthrough, the game wouldn't be able to surprise me anymore, and so the feeling of discovery and exploration would lose some of its luster. I'm sure it would still be good, but I think it would. I don't think it would recapture the monumental highs of the initial playthrough. I suppose for me it's about letting the game remain perfect in my memory, rather than taking the risk that a replay may dull my enthusiasm for it. Thanks for the great podcast banter, and for God's sake, respect the sea. I can see that I've... I've not... I I say that. I did start Breath of the Wild again about six months ago, and got about two hours in. I just did the plateau bit and got onto the main map. And then I stopped because I was like, I don't know, maybe I want to wait longer because... I still kind of remembered a lot of it. I think, Mm -hmm. although I didn't really do everything in the game originally, but I was almost more tempted to just load up my old save and did all the and do all the shrines I'd never done
3: than play the full game again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I really want to play Breath of the Wild again because, kind of like, I do like it, but I was never as wrapped up in it as a lot of people were. But I think one of the problems is, is like, because I played it like very early when it came out. I hadn't really watched a lot of kind of like how people play it on like Twitter clips and and YouTube and stuff like that. I think I probably played it as quite a standard sort of run around open Mm -hmm. world RPG and didn't really put A huge amount of investigative work into the I way that you played can... it boringly, just yeah, sword and shield, just like no actual, <laughs> yeah, like abilities, which is probably weird because obviously I love all of that stuff from like arcane games mm-hmm. and, and you know, games like that. I think it's just like you go into it expecting it to be one thing, and actually, there's a whole layer of things underneath it that I could have just had a far more wild time with it. Um, but yeah, kind of like my hope is that. Breath of the Wild 2 will encourage kind of like, you know, the Switch Pro thing to actually happen. So I can play it on a game that will run it like above 20 frames per second. And then I can play like the two, not back to back, but within a, you know, reasonable space of each other.
0: Mm -hmm. That sounds good. I love Breath of the Wild. I'm so excited for it. I kind of want to play it again, but I've just got so many other games to play as well. But you know, when you're just like, I feel comfortable in this game. Like, it's like mm-hmm. coming home kind of a thing. Like, it's mm-hmm. just really nice to just slip into. Exactly. It's the Might kind of game that you can drop weekend. in, so you won't
2: really forget how to play it, I don't think.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And the mm-hmm. shrine, there's so many shrines to do as well. Like, exactly. I've still got lots to cover.
2: Mm-hmm. I think we've got one last email.
0: Yeah. Okay. So this is from Ed. Hi, Ed. Ed says... Hello, Ed. <laughs> Ed says, hi, gang. I'm a slightly older gamer. 49. Very nice. Um who has been listening since the beginning of the podcast. Wow, what a champ.
2: Wow, even even I wasn't doing that.
0: Yeah, same. Uh, Ed recently bought Saints Row 3 the full package and says, While I really enjoyed the game, I felt it was spoiled by the DLC, which gave me overpowered weapons and cars that I could use from the very beginning. Although I believe you can turn off the DLC when you download PC games from Steam, I don't think it's an option for Switch gamers. What do you guys think of games that give potentially game breaking DLC with no option to turn it off? PS, please respect the C. It's
3: an interesting one. It's this like uh, uh, your pistol indefinitely. It's a little bit, but I had the choice just to not use it. Mm -hmm. I don't know if
2: there's many examples where it just forces you to use something. Like I don't know, could you have just not used I don't know, you know? That's the thing, if I'm given something overpowered, I will use it.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There's a this reminds me I can remember Joe telling me about um the DLC pack that came with Watch Dogs Legion um if you mm-hmm. had like the gold pack or whatever gave you from the start like a set of recruits that were incredibly powerful which meant there was just if as long as you didn't play with permadeath mode turned on like and and kept those guys around like you just never had to engage with the recruitment process which is basically the thing that Watchdog Legion's got going for it, right? Mm-hmm, um absolutely. so so I guess that would probably like you'd lock yourself out not lock yourself out, but like make an an entire good section of a game that is otherwise a bit up and down. Um, you're locking yourself out of that. So that sounds like one of those examples of DLC just being being too bad.
2: Yeah. I mean I felt like that was I don't know if it happens often these I'm trying to, yeah, think of examples like that. But yeah, it's a good point. Like I think it's good in a game like Deathloop that it it, 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 give, it gives you that weapon, but I didn't have to use it. But of course, mm-hmm. I did because it was great. So it's just more it.
0: fun, yeah. It's exactly. nice to feel like you're just overpowered. And I just, just want to have fun.
2: I wanted to go on a power trip, and that's what I went on. This was. And do you know what this this episode was kind of a power trip, wasn't it? Didn't we all have a lovely time? Didn't we all feel powerful?
3: I mean, I think, it did when I uh, trounced you in the endless search. So. Oh, okay. oh, okay.
2: I'm you know I'm worse for wear today. So if you want to take advantage of an of <laughs> an ill man. Then, uh, <laughs> You did it. Um, this was a lovely time. I think there's no other song we can really play than Deja Vu from the Deathloop soundtrack because it is an absolute banger. We've probably used it before, but I don't care because I've been listening to it on loop. Oh. <laughs> ah, 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 ah. Goodbye. Bye. See ya.
1: This is Deathloop.